Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us and uh, looking forward to sharing with you my postcard of the day. Uh, And this postcard happens to be handmade. Uh, I was talking to a teenager today. His name is uh, Kenny Carter. Kenny was visiting our church. He has some relatives here. And Kenny said, Pastor Skelly, I listen to your podcast every day, which means a lot to me. I said, well, Kenny, send me a postcard. He said, I live in Moxville, North Carolina. There are no postcards, but he made his very own postcard for me today. So look at this brand new creation, Moxville, North Carolina, postcard created by Kenny Carter, who listens to my podcast every day, even has a logo or a slogan, loud and proud, Moxville, North Carolina. So Kenny, thank you and your dad and Nathan uh, for watching the podcast or listening, I should say. And I really appreciate it. Hey, we're in Mark chapter four, uh, a brand new chapter uh, in our Bible. And I want you to turn there if you uh, can uh, look on and follow along and uh, watch what it says in verse number one. So Mark chapter four, verse number one, where the Bible says that he, Jesus, began again to teach by the seaside. So this is the ongoing ministry, teaching ministry of Jesus. He's teaching by the seaside. Now, when I say seaside, don't picture a big ocean with crashing saltwater waves and a shark out there somewhere uh, and an ocean liner or a cruise ship. No, when the Bible talks about the seaside here in Jesus' ministry, it's talking about the Sea of Galilee, which really is just a lake. So the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Tiberias these are the same these are different names for the same place is 13 miles north to south, eight miles at its widest from east to west and it's fresh water. Now don't let that fool you because it's 600 feet below sea level. It's the it's the uh, the lowest lake in the world, 600 feet. Uh, and because of the mountains around it, it's very easy for a storm to rise up quickly and for a small fishing vessel to be uh, in jeopardy, as we see in Jesus' ministry, even at the end of this chapter, we'll talk about that. So, but Jesus is here, and much of Jesus' public ministry is conducted around this upper part of the Sea of Galilee, in cities like Capernaum and and Bethsaida and Chorazim, uh, even places like Magdala and other places around there Jesus taught so here he is in nearby Capernaum by the seaside, and a great multitude has come. Do you see that in verse number one? And there was a gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. So for audio purposes, When you speak out on the water, boy, the sound carries. Any of you that have done boating or been out on a lake, you know that. But also for visual purposes, 
Jesus was in a big crowd. He couldn't be seen. There was no place to stand. So he gets in a boat, perhaps Peter's very own boat, and sails out a bit so that people can see him, people can hear him, and he begins to teach. And remember that far more important in the ministry of Jesus was his teaching, was his message, than even his miracles. The miracles served simply to validate the messenger and the message, but really it's the message of the gospel that was paramount. We talked about that, how that Jesus was preaching a message, repent and believe the gospel. That's the message. Change your mind about what you're trusting in, about what your preconceptions are, and believe the good news of Jesus. And ironically, the good news includes the fact that Jesus will die but that he will be buried and rise again. So that together is good news, that sin can be defeated, that the Savior can indeed be the Savior of the world. So Jesus is teaching, and look at verse number two. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. So two very important words uh, for us to understand in verse number two. Parables. What is a parable? A parable is a short story uh, that one would tell that would use a well-known maybe uh, activity or uh, something that the audience could immediately associate with. Like, for instance, in in this passage, uh, sowing a seed. Everybody would understand sowing a seed. Everyone would understand field work. Uh, everyone understands the road to Jericho, like in the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, people understand what a mustard seed is and what a mustard tree is. So Jesus, they would understand wheat and tares and would understand nets and fish. Well, all of these were subjects of Jesus' parables. So a parable is taking a well-known, understood, common truth and then laying next to it some spiritual truth to be understood. And that's really what the word parable means, to lay beside, to lay next to, so that by comparing something we know with something we don't know, we'll understand what we don't know. So Jesus was speaking in parables, and what was he doing with parables? He was teaching. So the word doctrine means codified or codified teaching. So Jesus is teaching things through parables. Now, for a couple reasons. First of all, a parable is going to help people understand if they want to understand. And that's a key condition. So in Jesus' ministry, if a person had a heart to want to believe, to want to understand, they weren't there to attack, they weren't there to argue, they weren't there to uh, stand against the ministry of Jesus, but if they truly had a desire to know God's will and to know the truth, then a parable would be an aid to help them understand. But if their heart was hardened, if their heart was, I don't want to know, I just want to argue, I, I, I am pre-deciding I don't want to believe in Jesus, then a parable served the opposite effect. A parable then would obscure the truth. So by using parables, Jesus was helping those who had a heart for truth to understand, but he was hindering those who had a hardened heart not to understand. So a parable was kind of like a a double-edged sword in that sense, as Jesus taught. So look at verse number three. And here's the parable, the, the one he begins with. Hearken, behold, 
there went out a sower to sow. So think about how Jesus arrested their attention. Hearken, behold, a sower went out to sow. I find that uh, very interesting because Jesus calls their attention in two ways. Audibly, like with their ears, with their ears rather, with their ears, with their ears, and then with their eyes. So hearken, I want you to hear something. Behold, I want you to see something in your mind's eye. Hey, listen up, look here. Do we say that sometimes, those of us that communicate truth? Hey, listen up, look here. Um, uh, Do you do that as a mom and dad? Hey, listen up, look here. That's what Jesus is, is doing here. Now, why? Why such attention on this parable? Well, I think for three reasons. Jesus is about to give us a parable that is the most important parable. You say, well, how can you say that, Kurt, the, the most important? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's the first one that Jesus is sharing. Second of all, Jesus gives extensive attention to this one parable, both in giving the parable and then coming back and explaining it privately later. And then number three, Jesus actually tells us about this parable, that this parable is a key to understanding all parables. So, wow, you talk about an important parable. This is it. Now, why specifically? Well, we're going to dive into that both today and then probably tomorrow, maybe even the next episode. That's just how important this parable is. So how does the parable begin? Look at verse number uh, three again. So hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And what happens as this sower? Okay, get the picture. Maybe he has a little basket full of seed. Or maybe he has a little pouch. And in that pouch is the seed. That would be common. And remember, you would sow seed at the beginning of the season. I mean, this is obviously before the time of watering. You don't water something that's not in the ground. This is obviously well before the time of reaping. So this is the beginning of the agricultural season. And a sower goes forth to sow. And in verse number four, and it came to pass as he sowed. So he's out there working, walking down the furrow line of the field. He's throwing the seed this way and that way. And so as he goes forth to sow, the Bible says that some some of the seed, fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So he went along the furrow of the ground. Now the first furrow would be right next to the path along the side of the field. So as you begin to sow a field, you start at the edge, and one part is going to be good good soil, but the other side is going to be the wayside or the path, the hardened ground where people walk. And the Bible says that inadvertently, as the seed is is cast, because the wind might carry it, or maybe uh, the, the, the swath of the throw of the seed, some of the seed gets, lands on the, the wayside. And what happens? It doesn't grow. Why? It can't grow. Why? It's hard ground. There's no place for that seed to have any root. Therefore, all it is is exposed. And because of because of its exposure, the birds that that are watching, that are looking at this as a free and easy meal, simply swoop down and eat the seed that falls by the wayside. They eat it and that seed, although the seed has great potential, 
although the seed is just as valid as the seed that fell over here, the seed does not grow. Why? Is there a problem with the seed? No, because the seed fell upon hard ground. Now, we'll talk about the meaning of all this later, but I think you get the illustration. Okay, so let's stop there for now. Uh, we're out of time for today, but we're going to dive into the rest of this a parable next episode. Don't miss it. I think you'll see some great applications to your own life and the way that you receive the seed of the Word of God. So I hope you have a great day today. Thanks for joining us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.